Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. Sunny here. Welcome to episode 14 of My Way. This is the second half of my conversation with fellow Graytonian and brewer Tatenda Chavaura. But before we get started, a few requests. First, if you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Second, scroll down to rate the podcast by clicking on the stars. The more ratings we get, the more visible we become in the podcasting world. Thanks for listening and enjoy our conversation. So talk about the beers that you make here. So we make a total of five. Uh, that's our main beers, mainstream beers. We have a pale ale, which is a balanced beer. It's what we would like to term a um, entry-level beer. For someone who's used to the more commercial lagers, it's a term one trying to give a try for craft beer. So that's it's uh, very light, very easy drinking, very refreshing, and uh, we dry hop it with a bit of American hops just to give it a little bit of aroma on the nose, just to give it a bit of uh, distinction from your normal commercial beers. Then we also have a sison. We call it our yeast forward beer because most of the flavors come from the yeast. It's a it's a Belgian style beer, um, farmhouse style. So try to make it as a farmhouse as possible. We don't control the temperatures for that. And when we serve it, it's usually cloudy. There's still a bit of yeast in it to go with the style, but it's very dry, very refreshing. Um, you get a lot of um, esters from the yeast that makes it uh, very fruity as well. Then we have an Ember Ale. Ember Ale is our malt for beer. Um, get a lot of flavors from the malt. We use a lot of crystal molds, a little caramel molds, so you get a lot of um, caramel flavors, toffee flavors coming through. It's not too sweet, you balance out the sweetness with uh, quite a bit of um, South African hops, Southern Passion, which brings us to our fourth beer, our, our India Pale Ale, which is our hop forward beer. So for India Pale Ale, we use quite a lot of Southern Passion hops for dry hopping. So Southern Passion is a South African hops known for its passion for flavors. So that's what you get coming through that beer. I would call it um, a bitter beer because most people think it's it's too bitter for them. But mm. uh, there's quite a lot of people who enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not overboard. It's just uh, bitter enough. Yeah. Then um, quite recently we've started brewing a lager. It's a rice lager. Uh, rice lager in terms of um, the grain that we use for 10% of the grain total grain bill that we use in that uh, beer is rice. It's been selling quite well, so we've decided to make it one of our core brands. And we also do quite a bit of experimental brews. We've done a few stouts. We're trying to come up with a granadilla sour, which we will want to also add to the brands. Um, something that's different, instead of uh, a bitter beer, you get a, a sour beer. Okay. Um, something that's fruity as well, something that's supposed to be refreshing, something for summer. 
So probably it will be a seasonal beer. So each of the, like the specific names for each of the uh, beers, what are those? Okay, so we we call it character craft. So each beer has got its own character. So the pale ale is the city slicker. The sison is a plus jabi. The amber ale is a ruinic. The IPA is a flower child. And the rice lager is the china. So it's, it's basically a play on the styles of the beer and okay. a play on words. Um, like plus Japi, that's the size of it's a farmhouse style, and a plus is plus Japi is a farm boy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Roynik, um it's just the color of the beer. It's a red right. beer, so redneck. redneck. Yeah, and what what is your particular favorite? I think uh, I enjoy the Roynik mm-hmm. and the China. Okay, yeah. and so what do you find is the most challenging part of being a brewer? Or maybe not even the most challenging part. What's your least favorite part? Uh, let me see. I think uh, the weight is my least favorite from the actual brewing through fermentation to the final beer in the glass. Especially when it's something new, something that you're looking really forward to, something huh. that you're excited about. Then you wait for three weeks, then you find out uh, you need to tweak something. So you have to wait again. You know? So that, that for me is something that I don't enjoy the most. Wait, yeah. So on that note, if there are people out there who are interested in getting into brewing, what do you feel like are important qualities to have as a person if you want to be a good brewer? Um, I think you need to have attention to detail because uh, very small changes could end up being big changes. Um, you need to be very analytical as well. You know, you work with different types of, of molds, different types of hops, different types of um, stuff. So you need to be able to know what you need, when you need it, how to add it, and what not to add, and stuff like that. You need also to be, I think patience helps as well. Mm-hmm. You need to be very patient because it takes quite a long time. Um, it's not something that you you start today and end up having tomorrow. You need to wait quite a bit. Um, yeah, and you also need to be someone who is very, um, what's the word? You know, in brewing, um, it's very important to keep the brewery clean. And cleanliness is very, very important, uh, especially with fermentation. Once you get an infection in, it will ruin your beer. So you need to make sure it's it's clean all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What scares you? What scares me? Um, what you in the brewery? Okay. <laughs> um, so what you're scared of things that you can't see with the naked eye? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 the worst thing to to get an infection in in, in beer. Um, I know I've mentioned sour beer before, but uh, when you make a sour beer, it's an intentional sour. But if it's not, then it's it's horrible. And what do you do for fun? 
Um, sport, I watch sport. And yeah, it's, it's mostly sport um, TV. And then I think I'm thinking of starting um, running as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'll start with the brew run. Yes. <laughs> we can start that, running together. <laughs> sure. Now I'm going to recruit you. You're going to be sorry you said that. <laughs> like, oh, why did I say that out loud? Yeah, I would want to start running, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What things are most important to you in your life? Family. Family is most important. And I think trust as well. Mm-hmm. When you build relationships, I think relationships are built on trust. And for me, I think it's important to keep that trust in order for you to keep those relationships. I think mm-hmm. it all goes back to, to family as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like relationships with family and maintaining that trust is very important. Are you in a relationship right now? Do you have kids? Anything like that? I'm not in a relationship at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. So uh, in terms of relationship, family, creating your own, do you see that in your future? Is that something that you want? Yeah, it's something that I definitely want, uh, something that I actually look forward to. Mm. But uh, it's, I think for me, I, uh, my, my stance is it will happen when, when, when the time is right. Yeah. I, I, feel, I don't feel any pressure to, to hurry up and get on with it. What have you liked best about your life so far? I think my family, the family that I grew up with, mm. have been very supportive. You know, as growing up, you know, there's things that you want but you don't need. But then there's things that you need, that you need to have in life. Mm. I got all that. And even though there's stuff that I wanted that I didn't get, it still didn't matter because all the essential things in life um, I got from them and they've been supporting me um, in everything so yeah yeah. this episode of my way has been brought to you by yeast whenever you're feeling scattered think of yeast before claiming the title as the oldest living domesticated organism on the planet yeast was doing its thing for hundreds of millions of years This single-celled fungus is ubiquitous. It's in the air, in the sea, in our food, and on and inside our bodies. With around 1,500 species, yeasts vary in character and contribution. Wondering what's living between your toes? It might be Trichosporon cutaneum. Exploring the deep-sea hydrothermal vents in your spare time? Say hello to the cold-loving Rhodosporidium for me. Having a hell of a time breaking down explosive materials or hydrocarbon spills? Yarrowia lipolytica might be your best tool. Researching the yeasty honey stomachs of bees? And you might come across Dakara intermedia. Or maybe you're just looking for a dairy-free cheese sprinkle for your popcorn. Then just go for nutritional yeast. One genus of yeast in particular, known as Saccharomycetales, is used in the oldest form of biotechnology fermentation and distillation. Without yeast, there would be nothing to eat the sugar. Without the consumption of sugar, there would be no waste products of ethanol and carbon dioxide. And without these tasty waste products, beer, wine, spirits, and freshly baked bread would not be on the menu. So, let us break bread and raise our glasses to all the tiny fungi in the house. It's really the yeast we can do.
switching gears slightly just to growing up in Zimbabwe under Mugabe, what was that like? Did you feel affected by it in your own little microcosm of a world? How is it for your family now in Zim? Um, I think uh, for the greater part of my childhood, I didn't like feel much of what was going on, the political situation and stuff. But then um, when things started getting really bad, um, I was in college then and sometimes uh, at one point we couldn't open for a semester. In fact, all universities in Zimbabwe that year, that semester, they didn't open. What year was that? 2008, I think. So what happened is because of the whole political situation and mostly economic situation as well, the inflation was so ridiculous that you couldn't do anything with the money in Zim. And because after that, I think it was the following year that they, we started using uh, US dollars and then people could start you know, getting back to work and we could go back to school and finish up. It wasn't uh, a, a pleasant uh, time for me or for anyone. There was a lot of um, fear because of you know, the political violence, especially when it came to elections and stuff like that. Um, in college as well, you know, students are very vocal uh, when it comes to political stuff. They recruited for by 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 these political parties to for activism. Um, but I wasn't uh, into politics and stuff, so I always kept my distance. For a time, we thought um, it was going to end. Um, I think 2013, when we had the elections before, it was it 2014, I'm not sure. And this Mugabe won again, so that was a shocker for most. And um, so life went on. Um, but you know, we, during all that struggle, we managed somehow. My parents are still there, and still, still managing. Do they feel like anything is different? No, not really. Mm. Not really. Um, there was a bit of a change um, when we started using US dollars, but then that was a shortly change. You know, the looting didn't stop by um, people in uh, high places, mm. so it just came back crashing, and yeah, it still hasn't changed. I'm not sure now um, with new new people yeah. in place, but if it will just be more of the same or. or Change, yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine after what was it, thirty-seven years? That I mean, he's been in power your entire life. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine it will take a little while yeah. for some significant change to happen. Exactly. Do you see yourself going back there? Yes, I, I do see myself going back. Um, I hope I can be able to go back and maybe have my own brewery small brewery day. But uh, with the current situation, I don't see that happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe 10 years time. We'll uh -huh. see how it works. Do you feel like, um, are, you, are you familiar with the term brain drain? Yeah. Okay. So do you feel like there's a brain drain in Zimbabwe with educated folk get their education in Zimbabwe and then they leave? 
go somewhere else? Uh, definitely, I think it's it's been happening for quite some time now, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you get people get frustrated with what's going on and just leave. Um, sure, I'm one of them. Mm. But yeah, there's uh, been a lot of people leaving because of the conditions and there's no, seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. So people just think the best thing to do is just to leave. Yeah. What do you feel like is the best thing about your country? The people. I think uh is a very hardworking um, people, very loyal people, and I think that's what's made them be able to go through whatever happened. Um, you know, it, I think there's there, there hasn't been much of um, you know rioting or anything, and some people just decided to just work on surviving. Yeah. Make it through the day, make it through the next day. So that hard work, that resilience is what I, I like about Zimbabwe. Yeah. So, you're still young, but what, if anything, would you have done differently in your life up to this point? Um, the only thing I would have done differently, I would have started brewing earlier. Okay, all right. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? I want to make some very amazing beers, like something totally different from what's been done before. And hopefully I would like to be, like I said earlier, if, if possible, back home in Zim, um, with my own small brewery, and yeah, just changing the world a beer at a time. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And if you could create your dream job, what would it be? My dream job is brewing in, in the sense that, like you asked earlier, like what part of my job or what percentage of my job is, is actual brewing. Yes. I'd like it to be maybe 99%. Okay. Full <laughs> <laughs> you know, on brewing. I do enjoy the whole um, aspect of things, but... Um, I think what I enjoy most is the actual brewing process and that I wouldn't mind doing just continuously all the time. And where do you feel like craft beer is headed in this country and in Zimbabwe for that matter? Um, I think it's it's growing. Um, in Africa, South Africa is the biggest um, craft brewing industry. There's still uh, room for growth. It's also growing in Africa as well. There's, um, in Zimbabwe, for example, they've just um, opened a, a craft brewery in Victoria Falls called The River. In Tanzania, I think there's a couple there now. And Kenya as well. Ghana as well. So it's, it's, it's really? growing. Yeah. Wow. It's growing. Although growth is slow for the rest of Africa, I think in South Africa there's been quite a, a big boom. And there's also some big breweries coming up as well. Some bigger commercial uh, brands are also buying these small breweries, which shows that we, there is good beer being made and it's something to look out for. Yeah. How do you feel like Grayton has changed or influenced you? I think um, 
Brighton has, I've learned from, from the brain side of things, I've learned um, quite a bit from the guys I've worked with here, certain styles of beers that I hadn't encountered before, uh, but now I'm well, I would kind of say well first in them. Then um, as an individual, I think um, from where I grew up, the association with the different races isn't that much as it is here. I'm not used to being a, a minority, hmm. but at this town I'm a very small minority. And that has been um, something that I've, it's, it's something that was new to me. Yeah. And something that I didn't know how I was going to, how it was going to work for me. But it's been, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's comforting to hear, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like, I mean, for me, coming from America, even though colors, races, they tend to be quite sort of self-segregated, yeah. but there's definitely more integration. integration. Yeah. And yeah. here, when I first came here, it's like, oh, yes, the white people live here, <laughs> the colored people the live colored there, people and um, <laughs> the Malawians and the Zimbabweans <laughs> live, like, all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, can't, I, I can't relate in terms of color, but I can relate in terms of being a foreigner. <laughs> It's like I open my mouth and people are like, ah. And what is it like for you to be from Zimbabwe and living here in this tiny, quirky little village in South Africa? Um, At first it was a bit uh, um, nerve-wracking. But um, I've met quite a few guys who have been very uh, kind um, who've been there for me all the way. Mm. Surprisingly, there's quite a number of, of, of people in Creighton who grew up or have come from Zimbabwe. And talking with them has also helped. So we've got something in common. Um, and also the people I work with have been very supportive as well. And I look forward to staying here for a long time. That's great. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and open a little window of your life. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for the second half of my conversation with Brewer Tatenda Chivaura. Did you hear that subtle change in his voice when he was telling me about each of the beers? I think that's what's known as passion. Sometimes passion is loud and obvious and in Tatenda's case, through just say a simple sip of locally brewed beer, you can literally taste that passion. Don't forget to follow at Podcast Cowgirl on Facebook and Instagram for photos and updates associated with the podcast. If you have any ideas for folks that we should have on the show, please email us at podcastcowgirl at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.